This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. This year and the way this has gone, this is probably for the best. That last year was a complete mirage. If there's any way out of this, I would think that bottoming out, having a bunch of, uh, of picks and, and, and moving forward and, and trying to find some foundational pieces, it's going to be based on Joe Shane kind of getting this team to have more talent, Brian Dable to be doing a better job coaching whatever talent they do have. I don't think that they're one, in terms of just basic talent, that they're one of the worst teams in the sport, but I think they're a whole lot closer to that. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, yeah, people, you know that music, right? Lots of different hosts, but uh, that's the family feud. I'd know that music anywhere. A little impromptu family feud. Top five answers on the board. This stems from the the question on... uh, what I learned on TikTok this week. Actors who have cursed the most on film. Joe Harvey, I don't know how you're going to decide who goes first on this one. Maybe you can work together the entire time. This is not trying to steal, but still. We've got some names together, but I'll go first here. All right. This movie alone should have him on the list. Uh-huh. Well, his movies alone should have him on the list. I'm going to go with Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, not in the top five. I, I know I'm stunned myself. I'm, I'm devastated. Devastated, right? Your first go-to wasn't even in the top five. Joe? I'm going to go because this movie broke some records. Okay. And t- I think it holds the F-bomb mm-hmm. for most F-bombs in a movie. I'm going to go Leonardo DiCaprio. Survey says... Number two, yes, only one answer. Her rank's higher than uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Very good, very good job, Joe. Now, are we going snake draft or are we going back and forth? We'll go back and forth. All right. Harvey, what you got? I don't feel confident. I wish no, I, you, I wish you, you snake struck me. out in your first one. I might strike out again. I'm going to go with uh, Will Smith. Will Smith, interesting choice. No, that is incorrect. No, Will Smith is not he up there. Stinks. Come on. Terrible guess. You would get banned from Steve Harvey throw you right out in the street with that answer. You think so? He might. He wouldn't even give you like the look. Sometimes he gives people the look and I think that's better than Cupine. Right, yes, it is better than Cupine, but still. All right, back to you, Joe. Seems like you might be doing a lot of the heavy lifting here. Give me uh give me Eddie Murphy. No, no Eddie Murphy. (laughs) Hasn't done that many films. You have to think of people who've done a lot of films and a lot of cursing. There's, and there's some surprises. Number one to me was a very big surprise. That's why this is interesting. If I had to give you hints, which clearly, based on your guesses so At this far, rate, I have yeah, to, yeah. I would say one is somebody who's been around a very long time. One person, uh, actually two people are more comedic than serious, although they have both done serious work. And number, there's another one on there that has already been mentioned, and when you think about cursing, this guy is a really good cursor. If that helps. I'll just say the show ends at noon. It's not Samuel Jackson, one of them, right? Samuel Jackson, survey says... 
Number three, Samuel L. Jackson. I'm on so the board. So you've got two and three. You're still looking for one, four, and five. This is what happens with the Jets and Giants series is are spiraling out of control. Checking Tankathon and going through the most uh, yeah, curses in cinema yeah. history. All right. So you got you got three actors left. I will tell you they're all men. I will say that a name that popped into my mind when you said he's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. How about Al Pacino? Al Pacino. Mm, survey says. Yes, Al Pacino was number five. I couldn't believe that Al Pacino was only number five. So now, now you've gotten what I would say are the easy ones. The other two, much more difficult. Oh man, I don't think he's, I don't think he's done this many movies okay. with cursing. But I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw myself into the wind. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Survey says, yes, that is your number one answer, Harvey. So, Harvey, uh, very low floor, but very high ceiling. You got the number one answer. Yes, Jonah Hill. I think it's 382 or something like that. A lot of cursing. It's super bad. He was in Wolf of Wall Street. So, he's been in a lot of these ones. Very vulgar. Vulgar movies. Ah, Good movies, though. I wasn't that big a fan of Superbad, but Wolf of Wall Street. Who doesn't love? Like, what? what's the best scene in Wolf of Wall Street? Oh, what is man. your favorite go-to scene in Wolf of Wall Street? We might. Have I to love do a the snake scene where he finally shows one. up at the at the Long Island place. And he, he gives his pitch and all that. That's a great scene. For me, it's when um, it's when he leaves in the car. It's late in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Somehow I got there safe and sound and. Comes home, he apparently did not get their saving. I mean, there's so many great scenes. An absolute classic movie. All right, so Jonah Hill is number one. Leonardo DiCaprio, number two. Sam L. Jackson, number three. Pacino, five. Number four. I would say I would say 90% of his work is comedic, but every once in a while he'll do a, a serious film. I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Okay. How about Seth Rogen? Good guess. Incorrect. How many movies was Bernie Mac in? I don't think that's so. Uh... Uh, it's not Bernie Mac. Okay. Please, please. I appreciate it. He, 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 you're like you're like Will Ferrell in old school. He used all his brain power on that one question that he just passed out. I should I should just be done by now. <laughs> I should retire. This Do you want me just to tell you? Go ahead. Joe, you want you want you have any more guesses? I got number one. I'm good. Yeah. I, I'll get one more guess in right. because you'd mentioned old school. How about Rodney Dangerfield? No, not Rodney Dangerfield. Number four is Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. So the top five in, in terms of cursing all time. Jonah Hill, DiCaprio, Samuel L. Jackson. Adam Sandler for Pacino, which is kind of hard to believe. There's a series on Netflix that tackles this. It's hosted by uh, Nicolas Cage, and uh, they, that's how they came up with the numbers. I, I can't be running all the films. All right, we can get rid of the Family Feud music. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Um, maybe we'll, we'll bring uh, an aspect of this back for the leftovers at uh, 1145. I, I did want to hit on the Mets real fast because I, I leave it to the Mets to find ways to get us to talk about them when the baseball season was going on, and for weeks at a time we weren't talking about them. So they, they hired David Stearns. Then you get the whole Billy Epler resigning, which was a surprise. Then you got the whole injured list fiasco, which 
Has anybody deterred? Did he resign over the misuse of the injured list? That that would seem very odd that that would be. It's almost weird that, that I get it. There has to be an investigation. Baseball has to be on, on everything. But there's going to be an investigation that the Mets were using the injured list improperly to give them some kind of edge. Safe to say it didn't work. <laughs> I don't know what uh, what the investigation could find, but Billy Epler, like, throwing himself uh, on the grenade when it wasn't a grenade. It was like, I don't know, it's just very odd that, that if that's the reason why he resigned, what could they possibly be doing with the, the, the injured list that, that would have forced you to resign? All right, guy wasn't really hurt. Is it that big a deal? I mean, we had, we had a... Um, um, a uh, a team cheating their way to a World Series title, and and eventually the GM was gotten rid of. But he, I don't think he resigned. Didn't he get fired? I think he got fired. All right, but uh, in terms of the Mets, uh, it, it does seem like there's a couple of different things that popped up this week that are interesting to me. And and the and the Billy Epler one is not that interesting. It is strange, but it's not that interesting. The story that Buck Showalter was forced by the front office. To play Daniel Vogel, well, it explains a lot because we were sitting here for like, why is Buck continuing to play Daniel Vogel back? That one was puzzling at the time, but it is really weird. It's not strange in this day and age that any manager, even one as accomplished as Buck Showalter, was forced by the front, like the front office had a hand in decisions that traditionally are handled by the manager but that it went to the level that the front office was demanding they play Daniel Vogelback. Buck Showalter didn't even have enough power to bench Daniel Vogelback. Oh, my God. That's how far we've gone? Now, if you had told me it was one of the young kids that came up, like Brett Beatty, the front office wanted him to start on a regular basis because they wanted to see what they had. Okay, fine. The front office has a hand in that. That's an organizational decision. That it goes so far that you can't DH anybody else other than Daniel Vogelback. Oh, my God. What a mess of an organization that is. So that was really strange. Um, the other story that came up this week involving the Mets was the fact that Pete Alonso has hired Scott Boris uh, to be his agent with a, a year to go before free agency. Uh, some people took that as maybe a, a bad sign. Well, here's the th- the good news and the bad news, and they're both the same news. The good news is nobody can outbid the Mets. Nobody. Steve Cohen has proven he is he he's got the money and he's he's willing to to show it. He's he's going to shoot the locks off the wallet and spend wherever he wants to spend. So the good news is nobody can outbid the Mets. The bad news is nobody can outbid the Mets. The Mets can't plead, plead poverty for, if, for any reason, Pete Alonso signs elsewhere. Met fans will lose their ever-loving minds if he is not signed long-term. Now, there are a portion of Met fans who will give Steve Cohen a pass no matter what, but that one might finally break them if, for any reason, Pete Alonso signs somewhere else. I mean, the amount of people that are, are still giving Steve Cohen an absolute pass on the first three years of his ownership were two of the years you didn't even f- make the playoffs or finish above 500 is kind of uh, surprising to me. But him moving to Boris 
I also think that we had talked about the possibility the Mets could like get a jump on things and sign him a year early so he doesn't even hit free agency. I know Boris has had some clients where that has happened, but I think that that possibility is now out. You're going to have to, Alonzo will go into this year, have, I'm sure, another typical Pete Alonzo year with a lot of home runs and ribbies and all that type of stuff. And then you are going to have to sign him to a contract. And keep in mind, the history of the organization is the one thing that they do under Steve Cohen is they wildly overpay. And when you have a player who's your own guy, he's the face of the franchise, they're going to have to over wildly overpay for Pete Alonzo. But the good news is nobody can outbid them. The bad news is nobody can outbid them. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. What, in case you're just joining us, what have we been talking about this morning? Well, we've been talking a lot about football, week five of the NFL, make or break kind of week. If it's not already broken, it's make or break kind of weeks for the Jets and Giants. For the Jets, my takeaway for this week is there are no excuses. This is a bottom line kind of week. It's bottom line for the quarterback. It's bottom line for the coaches. It's bottom line for the defense. There are no excuses. I don't ever want to hear an excuse and... Look, we've given the Jets a lot of excuses so far. When you lose your quarterback four plays into the season, there are a lot of excuses that go along with that. We've given the the quarterback the benefit of the doubt after last week. Hey, they still lost the game, but hey, he played well. Yeah, the quarterback also fumbled the ball, but it was a whole lot better. So we've given them a lot of excuses. This week against Denver, all of those excuses are removed. Go win the game I don't want to hear another thing out of you. Again, like my cousin Vinny, if guilty or not guilty are not the next words out of your mouth, there are no excuses, Jet fans. Go win this game. Nothing. For the Giants, the takeaway was clearly that last year, while it was fun and it was exciting, it, it was clearly it was a mirage. It was not real. That was not who the Giants really are. They are not a playoff kind of team. They're not at that stage yet. And last year, it was a fluke. And, and kind of for the, the long-term development of the organization, it feels like it's the kind of the worst thing that could happen because it, it has created all these false expectations, this false sense of optimism. And, and again, like, what were we thinking? Hey, they might have closed the gap. Closed the gap? Maybe the gap has never been wider. I don't know. If it keeps going, if it keeps looking like this, oh my Lord. And then, of course, the Evan Neal story where he, he's telling you he doesn't care what fans think. No, no, no. What he actually told you with his comments is he does care what the, the fans think. Otherwise, he wouldn't be spending so much time thinking about what the fans are saying to him. If you want an example of who doesn't care what the fans think, the Yankees are the team. That's your example. Evan, if you want to see what not caring what the fans think looks like, Go watch what the Yankees are doing. That's an organization that doesn't care what the fans think. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is a telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to Zoe is in Brooklyn. Zoe, what you got? What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm good. What's going on? So just want, I mean, fully agree. No excuses this Sunday for the Jets. We should win. We got to win. Um, but again, I'm not expecting much for the season. But quick thing on the Yankees. So, I'm not going to say that the Yankees don't care, but they already got the legacy. They got the franchise. They got their merchandise all over the world. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that they're really, you know, 
looking to win as long as they're making their money. And I'm a longtime Mets fan. I'm just, you know, looking from the outside in. But really, the Yankees, they got the money. They got the legacy. They got the franchise. They're not looking to win. They're going to make excuses. They're going to be like, you know what, whatever. It is what it is. We're going to fix it next year. And they're going to keep on going with whatever they've been doing. Yeah, it's just crazy to me, Zoe, and thanks for the phone call, that anybody within the organization who has a whole lot more riding on it than you or I would look at what has happened this year and think, you know what the solution is? We got to keep doing what we're doing. We just got we just got to stick with it. We just got to wait for the worm to, oh, it's going to turn. We just got to keep keep the people we got, keep doing what we're doing. It's all going great. Just more of the same. That's That's the answer. It's weird to me that that would be the answer you come up with. Jared is in Brooklyn. Jared, go, my man. What's up, man? How are you? Thanks for taking the call. A um, couple things, uh, questions and comments for you. Um, first on, on the Giants. So- oh, no. Was he at the Indy 500? Is the Indy 500 this weekend? It sounds like Jared was like on the track of the Indy 500, and, and one of those Formula One cars got him. If I didn't know anybody, just like that, I thought thought he was just taken right there. It does sound like he was taken. We sure. uh, I wish there was some way we could check in with Jared to make sure he's okay. And his call got off to such a good start. Got right to it. No long introductions, anything like that. Got right into it. Somebody call Liam Neeson. It it does feel like he was taken. I hope. I hope Jared has a particular set of skills. Well, Jared, if you are, if you are still with us, if we if we do not hear back from Jared in the next thirty five minutes, then then my level of concern will will only grow. I hope he's all right. Let's go out to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, hey, good afternoon, uh, good morning, and shout out to the company. How how are you doing, Gordon? Uh, I'm fantastic. What you got, Jose? Oh, well, I just wanted to call in, you know, and kind of run the gamut because you you kind of went over a lot of topics right there and kind of, you know, had to, you, you had me chuckling with the Yankees because as soon as they were no longer on the main attraction attention and football took over, boy, did they buy a lot of cover because they ended up winning a couple of games that they weren't supposed to and the young kids ended up looking good and now everything is so hunky-dory, isn't it? Yeah, it does kind of it does kind of seem that way. And Jose, thanks for the phone call. Uh, that uh, you know, they 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 and maybe I should be blaming the Mets, right? The Mets have all darn that Steve Cohen. They got so much controversy going on over there. The Yankees have been able to fly under the radar. Where they we need to keep the attention on what the Yankees have done. And and again, I, I wasn't. I didn't go into the offseason expecting a whole lot, but the fact that now that even even the, the, the little that we thought we might have uh, of some sort of internal audit that they could bring in somebody and say, wait a second, you traded for Frankie Montas? Why, why did you do something? Josh Donaldson? Really? No. We're not even getting that. So it's just, again, what is the – the, the course of action moving forward. Well, if you're the Yankees, you just say, just more of the same. We, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. It's working so well. It's working so well. It's a home run. Absolute home run. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on, my man? Gordon, exactly 70 days ago from today was the last time I watched the New York Mets. That was the night Scherzer, July 28th, pitched a great game, seven innings, 
two runs. I think they beat the Nationals. How did you Seven. keep track of this? You, you well, I just I feel know like what I did. I knew what like I did that night. It was a great, wall. Well, it was a great night. It was a great time, and it was optimism. They had just traded Robertson, but I thought they would stop there. After that, I never watched the Mets. Cohen did something the worst I've ever seen in New York. Not only did he make the Mets, they were disappointing, and you can say borderline bad, but what's worse than being bad and disappointing, what's worse than all of that is being irrelevant, and he made them irrelevant. When you have Scherzer, you have Verlander, you have Robertson, you're never irrelevant. You have a shot at something. The fans would have been calling in and screaming, oh, the Mets underachieved, he wasn't, but at least they would have been relevant. After they got rid of them, there was no more, uh, uh, what can we talk about? They gave up. Why would we even be concerned they gave up? Gordon, I want to ask you a question. I've never heard this on talk radio. I don't have the answer, but maybe you can think it through. You probably don't know offhand right away. But the Jets won the Super Bowl, and they had never been to the playoffs before that. So they went to their first playoffs and won the Super Bowl. Has any NFL team or AFL team ever won the Super Bowl first time going in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't know that one off yet? the top I, of my head. I don't head. know of any. I'm, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it I, seem... I mean, if you counted, what, 58 winners out of the 58, maybe 20, 22 are repeat winners, so you can eliminate them because they've been to the playoffs. And, you know, I'm just saying, I can't think of any team, and maybe one of the callers can call in. It would have talk. to be, you would have to think, and Richard, thanks for the phone call, you'd have to think it's an expansion team that's really, really bad for a few years, and then all of a sudden – uh, they just jump up and, and and win a Super Bowl out of the blue. But I, I would not think – I'd have to do some research. You're right. I don't know that off the top of my head. But I would not think that um, that, that has happened. And Although it's been so long since the Jets have made the playoffs, it's almost like uh, you've, you've kind of forgotten that it's, it's, it's ever taken place. It's been, a, it's been a long time. Mike is in the car. Mike, go, my man. Hey, big fan. Uh talking a little bit about Sunday. So when the score was, what, 17-2 or whatever on uh, last week, mm-hmm. you know, they, they started off the game, you brought up this point. They, uh, it was punt, 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 let's say, starting off really slow. Suddenly we take the training wheels off a little bit, we got a tie game. My concern with Sunday is, and you alluded to this as well, they're going to do something similar. They're going to, you know, they're not going to let it rip, and then they're just going to play this conservative ball, let's rely on the defense, we're going to get down seven or ten zip, and then you know we're we're back in this in this kind of funk, and that's my concern. I think toe to toe. I mean, you know, we're, we haven't been world beaters, but they stink. There's no reason why we should. You know, we we could beat them just on our defense and a mediocre offense. So you know, that's really my concern. Is just hey, we got something to play for over here. Let's let's run the ball. Even though I'm, I'm happy to hear Brees has got the training wheels off, and I like to see him pick up where he left off. So. You know, that, that's kind of where I see this going. Hopefully yeah, I, I don't see it going, I should say. Yeah, Mike, and look, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, that would be my concern. I said that earlier, that when you're down 17 nothing to the Chiefs, you can allow Zach Wilson and the offense to go out there and be aggressive and, because you got nothing to lose. Nobody thought you were going to win the game going in. It certainly was not on track for you to win the game with the down 17 nothing or 17-2, and you'd run, I think it was, was it 13 plays in the first three drives? You basically went nowhere. Um, so it's easy then to say, hey, let's just go out there and be aggressive and, and throw it around. This week is different because you are expected to – I know they're not favorites, but if you're going to win any games, this is the game you have to be able to go win. So there are expectations. So I just wonder, do they 
allow the confidence that they say they have in Zach, that would manifest itself in going out there and being aggressive right from jump. Let's not just simply go out there and run the ball a bunch of times and and, and if it's a punt, it's a punt. No, that would manifest itself in, in being aggressive and going out there and showing right away that this is a new Zach Wilson that we truly believe in. Against a bad opponent, I'm a little worried that there might that the conservative nature might kind of leak back in, and it will only be if they fall behind that they open things back up. They have to learn the lessons of last week. or If there are any lessons to learn from last week of let Zach go out there and, and, and open it up some – where he can perform like an NFL quarterback, we're going to find out. It's easy to say that. It's another thing to do it. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. NFL picks have stunk so far, but this is the week, people. This is the week we turn it around. We do our NFL picks next, right here on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Sounds like Fugazi NFL music. What is what is this one? This is like Muzak's take on NFL music. Do we have another mu- NFL? Okay, that one. That one I know. It is the Gordon Tamer Show. It is ninety-eight point seven FM, ESPN, New York. Time for our NFL picks for Week Number Five. We have been very consistent so far this year. Consistently terrible. One and two again last week, four and eight on the season. And and what the problem is, I am a big counterintuitive, a big contrarian person. So generally my, my feeling is when the public is betting one way, I go the other way. When they zig, I zag. But unfortunately so far this year, the big public favorites have been hitting very well. Now at some point that's going to change. Is it week five? I'm not sure. God, I hope so. I can't take much more of this. Pretty soon I'm going to let uh, Harvey and Joe make the picks. Boom! Couldn't be any. I, I deserve it. Don't I des- stop booing them. I absolutely deserve it. Game number one this week. You know where I'm going. We've been talking about it all morning. This is a no excuses kind of weekend for the New York Jets. And I think you're actually getting some good value here. Jets up to plus two and a half on the road against the Broncos. I love the Jets this week. Because I win either way. Either they go out there and they get a win and I make some money, or their season's dead and as a Dolphin fan, I get to rejoice and kick around the ashes. Either way, win-win. Win-win for me. I love that. But I do actually think the Jets are going to win this game, and I really don't think that it's going to be all that close. I feel like this is a game that they, they got the running game. Their defense is light years away. This is the kind of de- the Jets will go out there and play the Broncos and say, "Look how much better our defense is than their defense." We're like the '85 Bears, and at least for a week, they might be right because the Broncos are like the '85 Bears right now. Like they're they're like 60 year old men. They've been dreadful. They're four weeks so far the worst four weeks of defense anyone's ever seen by like the metrics and the measures. So I I think that Zach Wilson, I'm not ready to say that all of a sudden he's cracked the code and he's turned the corner. But I think that if he was ever going to crack the code or turn the corner based on the performance he had last week, who would we want to face? 
if we want to get our quarterback in a good frame of mind outside of those stinking commanders who did not make a play on th oh my god that defense was atrocious the broncos have actually been worse this year so this would be the spot where you have your quarterback if you could hand pick it you wouldn't pick a better game than the broncos or a defense you wouldn't pick a defense worse than the broncos and there's that little bit of um you know extracurricular from the comments made by sean payton before the season it's personal this time it's personal so give me the Jets plus the two and a half. Now, that one, the Jets are actually a very popular underdog this week. I think they're the most publicly bet on underdog. So that's really not going against the tide. For pick number two, I'm going against the tide. Everybody this week. Everybody this week. All the, 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 the people that just chase after the shiny objects. They love the Dolphins. Oh, they're all over the Dol Dolphins. are going to kill the Giants. They're going to crush the Giants. It's going to be 40 points. It's going to be 50 points. And look, I get it. Based on what the Dolphins have done so far offensively and what the Giants have done as a team, it's kind of hard to envision a scenario where the Giants would be able to even keep this competitive. But I am not everybody. I am not anybody, as a matter of fact. No. The Dolphins' defense has been worse than the Giants' defense. Again, listen to what I just said. The Dolphins' defense this year has been bad. They went out in the offseason. They brought in Vic Fangio. Maybe it's just an adjustment period. It does feel like the Dolphins always get the great all-time coach when the game has already passed the bye. Certainly happened with Bill Parcells. I don't know that this happened yet. It's only four games. There's still time. There's always going to be a transition period, and, and there certainly has been one for Miami, whose defense was bad last year and has been worse this year. Uh, they have five sacks on the year. They're fifth worst in points. They're fifth worst in yards. They have not done a very good job. Now, the Giants haven't done a very good job in, in really any aspect, but their defense played better. That was not the issue uh, on Monday night. And if they're ever going to get their pass rush really going, Dolphins have lost their, their left tackle, this would be the time. And through four games, the Giants had not had a single turnover. How do you get a, a heavy underdog to remain competitive? There has to be a week where the Giants get a couple of turnovers by accident. I get the feeling this could be that week. And also, I don't know if it still exists, but if there's anything such as Giants pride, God, you've just been kicked around for a solid week. Everybody is just pointing at you and laughing. And you, you basically vomited on your shoes on Monday Night Football in front of a national stage. You were a playoff team. You're a man. Act like it. This is the week where you got to show a little pride. You got to show a little heart. You got to show a little something. Because as bad as it's been, as bad as it's been for, for Evan Neal, it can only get worse. You think, you think it, oh, it can't get any worse than this. Trust me, the Giants have shown you it can get worse. It has gotten worse. So I would say this would be a good time where no, it's us against the world. Giants are getting plus 12 and a half. Give me big blue and give me the points. So that's two games. We got one more. What are you getting rid of the music? The music? No, keep the music going. There we go. 
I looked around a lot of games, kind of like the Packers, but not enough to take them, which is probably good news for the Packers that I didn't take them. Uh, I kind of like the Texans, not enough to take them, kind of like a couple of games. I'm going to go with something we've not done before. I've been doing very well this year over-under-wise. Lions-Panthers, over-under, 45-and-a-half. Give me the under. I think the Panthers' defense has been surprisingly good. I think the Lions' defense has been actually good. So I'm going to say under 45-and-a-half, Lions and the Panthers. And those are our week five picks. The week we turn it all around, people, in the NFL. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. We still got some time, and it is time for the leftovers. A hungry Damer is never full. At this stage of my life, eating is like 90% of my joy. Where he answers the unanswerable. Got to do something with my hands. I got to get busy. No algorithm can defeat the GD. These are Gordon Damer's leftovers. All right, so we, we talked earlier in the... Ooh, we got a little dance going on. Is this something new that we do with the leftovers? Uh, we talked earlier in the show about the uh, the actor, the top five actors who've cursed the most on film. We gave you the, the list of that. I would ask Harvey and Joe, who do you think, in, if we had, to, we had all of sports... And we could somehow have document. It's unknowable, but of all the sports, who do you think has cursed the most in a, a sports context? Are we who talking? Would you have? Are we including coaches as well? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Everybody? everybody. Oh, absolutely. I would go Bill Parcells one, Lawrence yep. Taylor two. Okay, I think that those are two. I, I don't know. It's again, it's unknowable. I think that that's a fair. The only thing is I would think that coaches would have a natural leg up just because generally their careers are a lot longer than players. But if you were going to have a player, I think LT would be a good one. I would think that Rex Rex Ryan is the first one that kind of jumped to mind when Joe floated this as a possibility. Now, mine would probably go to baseball, like Billy Martin or Tony La Russa, just because they're a weaver. I would think I've seen some legendary... Uh, Lee Elia, who had the, the greatest rant in the hit. If you have never heard Lee Elia, the Cubs manager's rant from back in the day, uh, I would go to YouTube now. Don't do it at work or at least have some headphones on when you do. It was like a stand-up routine, Lee Elia's. And while you're there, just look up the Tommy Lasorda. Tommy Lasorda. Oh, yeah, Tommy Lasorda was a manager. Yeah, Tommy Lasorda would have to be top five because he was a manager for a very long time. Yeah, that's a good one. Tommy Lasorda probably might be number one. Might be number one. Jeff Van Gundy, maybe? Or Pat yeah, Riley? not long enough. Not long enough. You need to have a real long run, and you have to have a little flair. Uh, I would say... Jordan? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. He was bleeped Again, a lot it always, that, It's always uh, going to favor dance. coaches just because their careers are so much longer. I would think that Robert Sala might be on that list based on hard knocks because... If there was a swear jar, they might be able to afford a full offensive line based on that alone. He, he, he was dropping them, dropping them like they were hot. All right, so guys, do you have anything for the leftovers this week? I've got one. All and right, give it I, to me. I think we need to continue to just shed light on the disaster that the Yankees have been. Okay. Because not only are the fans upset, but 
I would have to think the captain of the team is not happy sitting idly by and just watching years of his prime go away and not have the organization do anything about it. In the Brian Hoke book about his 62 home run season last year, he said that he wanted to be a part of a perpetual winner. He didn't want to lose. So, And you saw it in Kansas City where he just sat on the field and watched the last uh, vi- victory line for Kansas City. I-, I can't imagine Aaron Judge is happy that no changes are going to be made. Plus, he made some comments about the way that they use analytics. So, I, you know, maybe the Yankees don't truly care about their fans and they're not going to listen wholeheartedly to their fans, but at least listen to your highest paid player and, and the captain of your team, no? Well, look, and generally listening to the fans is bad advice. The problem is the Yankees and, and, and Brian Cashman's moves have been so bad here the last couple of years that, yeah, listening, the, the fans actually kind of nailed it. Now, the Yankees will have changes. They, they have changes every year, and I'm sure that they will spend some money. The problem is, is the real structural issues with the team are, are kind of unmovable, right? Like, So it's great that you got Judge and Cole, but all right, how do we put a, 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 the rest of the team around them when we've got we're sinking so much money into guys who are, are not going anywhere, right? Stanton's not going anywhere. Rodon's not going anywhere. Lemayhew's not going anywhere. Um, it, it's gonna it's gonna be real. Like they've spent a lot of money already, and it has not solved the problem. Hal seems unwilling to spend significantly more and, and like go past the luxury tax threshold. And I can't really say that I blame him based on how the the the, the previous money has been spent. I will say this, if Brian Cashman does not have a significantly better offseason this year than he's had the last two years, the Yankees are going to remain in the same spot and uh, they will have nobody, nobody to blame but themselves. Because, I I mean, run through the moves that were made here the last couple of years between uh, the, the, the Donaldson trade, which was just an absolute fiasco, Montas, um... Each of them has been worse than the next. So uh, unless something significantly changes there, and the Yankees are not about significant change. We know that already. The, the offseason has just begun, and already we can tell that their plan is just we just need more of the same. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's like they're driving down the road in the wrong direction, and you have the GPS, and you go, hey, look, no, we're, we're going now. Nah, you just have to keep going down further. But we're headed in the opposite direction. Harvey, you got anything for the leftovers today? Yeah, just out of fun because uh, knowing you, you've already given up on your on your dolphins already. So no, I'm not giving up, but I'm not I'm not ready to to buy in just yet either. Well, just for fun, let's just play the game. Let's just say you give up on them like always. I think this will be the year that you become a hockey fan, and nothing says fun like watching hockey starting Thursday. Devils start against the Red Wings, Rangers against the. The Sabres on Thursday. I think this will be the year. Look, I consider you a friend. Uh, I, I, I have been friends with Don LaGreca for for very uh, probably close to thirty years now. Um, if, a if new Don beginning. LaGreca, if Donnie Pucks has not been able to get me to enjoy hockey, I, I just don't like. When you get to a certain age in life, you realize there's just certain things you don't enjoy, and it's fine. If, if other people enjoy it, that's fine too. It doesn't have to be for me. Not everything is going to be for me. I have certain things that I enjoy. That uh, are, are not for other people. They got the and red zone coming. I don't blame them for not liking what I don't like, and uh, 
I don't, I don't like what they like. So it's okay. It's all right. I, I wish your devils well. I don't have anything against them. Sure. If something goes wrong for them, I'll, I'll be sure to point it out and, and laugh at it because I have no dog in the fight. But it's just not my thing. I'm a basketball guy. And I doubt it. No, you're not. I don't hear I, you talk nearly as much basketball as you do. Well, because the it. season has not been going on. The football. I got to use the Jets and Giants stuff now in a week or two that might be uh, completely meaningless. Might not have anything left to talk about. The Jets, though, they always find a way, don't they? They always find a way. Mets is offseason already that kind of way, too. Well, that's going to do it for us for today. Already three hours has flown by. If you didn't hit, get us on the, uh, the, the calls, you certainly can hit us up on Twitter. At Gordon Damer, we'll be back on Monday night, flying solo with Larry Hardesty on vacation. Looking forward to that after big Jets and Giants games. Anita Marks is coming up next. Thanks to Joe and Harvey. We'll see you next time. Gordon Damer out. Calling about Brian DeBall and the New York Giants. Who? Whether or not a horse could fit inside of a blue whale's fart bubble.